do have a small crowd here this morning. I know that some are out. I'm going to turn kind of this way. <laughs> some are out. Um, out sick. We do have some under the weather. Although we are talking about God's decree. Uh, I hope this is not <laughs> keeping people away. That we, <laughs> We're going to talk this morning about what a great comfort uh, this is. Um, so we, we'll probably, we should be able to finish this today. We'll continue on with, uh, with creation and then providence after that. Um, let me say a word of prayer and let's get started. Father, we thank you that we are able to do what we're, we, we are engaged in this morning, to open up your word, to know, to understand uh, you, uh, understand these things from before time began, uh, that you have, have not hidden these things from us, even though there is a, a, an aspect of this that is uh, kept in your realm. It's kept hidden. We're, we're not able to understand all of these things uh, and yet at the same time, you give us enough to, to have a great comfort, a great sense of your, uh, your power, your sovereignty over all things, that you truly are king, that you are God. And we thank you for that uh, this morning and, and pray that we will grow in our, uh, our readiness to accept and receive and uh, live daily out of uh, who you are. And uh, therefore, knowing uh, fully who we are with with humility, with a sense and a knowledge of our sin and on and on. Uh, so we do pray for your help uh, as we uh, engage in this together this morning. Open our eyes that we might see. Uh, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. OK, I, I'm just if you'll open up your confession to the very first chapter, I just want to read the first statement uh, that the first first paragraph God's eternal degree decree chapter three uh, just the the first few words there uh, God did or God from all eternity did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass and then we talked about last week there are restrictions uh, or limitations that are that are put on that. God is not the author of sin. Uh, you know, violence is not offered to the will of the creatures. We still have our what we call free will, our ability to choose uh, within the limits, which uh, are there for all of us. Uh, uh, and then, <clears throat> nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away. We talked about that last week. So again, uh, God's sovereignty over all things. But the main focus in this. Section, as we might expect, is going to be God's sovereignty in salvation, uh, in election, both for those who are saved and those who are not saved. But just recognize, as we talk about it, uh, that uh, this is speaking about right here at the beginning, God's sovereignty over all things. It's just that uh, the bulk of what the Bible speaks about, the bulk of what we are especially interested in, is uh, this matter of a salvation <laughs> which is critical uh, so we got to got to section three there uh, I, I want to remind us of the big pic- picture uh, when we think about God's eternal decree or often it, it, it's given in the plural his decrees uh, that 
we talked about building a house. Uh, and you remember kind of the three phases? What are the three phases that I pointed out? There, there's more that falls under that. What? Blueprint. That's the first one. That's what we're looking at here. What was the second one? Second phase? What? What did you say? If you're in the, the mountains of western North Carolina, there's a lot of waiting. Okay. And I think built into this, there is a lot of waiting, but it's different. Uh, yes. I, I know you were going to say building. That's right. And then what's the, what's the third aspect of the house? Keeping it up. Keeping it up. That's right. Day to day, keeping it up. And so the three are uh, God's eternal decree. And so his his plan and his purpose. And that's the key. Think about plan, purpose before time began. This is what the Lord uh, set forth. And then, of course, with building a house, think of creation and maintaining the house. Providence. Right. Okay, so keep that in mind. Uh, Let me just ask up front. And we are going to talk about this. Uh, to a greater degree on the last uh, paragraph, on paragraph number eight. But uh, when, what's, if, if you've got a house, and let's say you're going to have one built, what's good about, from the standpoint of the owner of the house or one who's going to live in the house, what's good about having a blueprint? Ahead of time. <laughs> what? You know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to like. Okay. Yeah, you know what you're going to get. And you know <laughs> all the way through what to expect, right? Uh, what kind of feeling would it give you if... Uh, Lee, I don't know if you had this experience. <laughs> Probably not. But, but, you know, beforehand you were talking to uh, the... The builder, perhaps, and, uh, and and general contractor, and, and he said, you know, I've talked to you a little bit. I kind of know what you, you got in mind. He whipped out a napkin. You, you've been eating lunch. And, and he, he sketched something on it and said something like that. And he said, well, yeah. Uh, how, how good, is, especially if uh, he then wipes his mouth with it and tosses it, how, how good is that going to make you feel as you get further into things? I saw half the houses in this county were <laughs> and they didn't keep the napkin. That's a, that's the problem. But uh, so, so what's the difference between that and and having an unchangeable plan? Now this is assuming that the builder or the architect that's that's building it is is perfect and, and has the perfect requirements, and there's no need to change it. Okay, that's the assumption leading in. But but this change, this plan that you can count on, no matter what, it's laid out, it's given to you. What's what? What do you feel inside when you've got that? Peace. Peace of mind. That's yes. Comfort after it's built. Well, this according to this plan, it's not going to build. It's not going to fall down. I mean, uh, you know, the, the foundation is <laughs> is solid, and, and on and on. And that's that is the sense that we have here. And I, I don't want to lose that all the way through, uh, because really, we, we ask the question: Why? Why would God? Why wouldn't He just, uh, you know, communicate with us what's what's needed to be saved, the means of salvation? And everything else, the plan and everything else, set that aside because it's going to cause dissension. It's going to cause people to to say, well, I, I, I can't accept that uh, and things like that. Why would he provide that? Well, it teaches us things. It teaches us things, yes. 
And it gives us that, that sense of peace inside, that certainty, that understanding of, of who God is kind of all the way through. And, and typically, a lot of this that we're going through now, you're, you're not going to hear this. You're not going to, you're not going to read it and really uh, understand it until you're at that point to where your heart is turned toward the Lord already. You've been walking with the Lord and then you say, you know, by the way, there's a solid foundation upon which we stand. Yeah, Amy. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. And really, in order to, I, I said, turn to the Lord, you've got to you, you have to turn to him with humility that he is God and you are not. You're the creature. That's the beginning point. But this just kind of reinforces that, doesn't it? That uh, it, it and if we if we think about what the what knowing God's decree does, it's that I think it, it drives that sense of humility uh, that we must have, but then joy when we know our own hearts and we know that we we can't save ourselves. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that analogy and what we're talking about with Arminianism, and you know, if you've had a builder who's like, well, here's kind of a plan, but you know, then, um, well, you know, the materials are different than I expected, so we're just going to kind of alter the plan to work with the materials we have, you know, and kind of like. It's God's decree to be a conditional on man's response. Mm-hmm. You know, here's what here's here's what we've got with these people, you know, so I gotta adjust my decrees to, to right. what people have got here and what they're doing. You know, as a and, and then you end up who knows what. That's exactly and, and what what kind of sense does that give you of of God and of who he is? Who's really in charge? Ultimately, then, you know, it's clear it, it's the individual that's uh, completely in charge. And, and ultimately, that that is the issue here, because that's what uh, inside the sinful heart desires to, to have control. And ultimately, what God says, because he is God, is no, <laughs> you, you can't be number one because of the nature of your heart. Uh, but I am I am God. And, and ultimately, we see that with great comfort, but we can come at it uh, with a sense of. Uh, no, I, I want to be in charge. So, uh, we we uh, just real briefly, we got to paragraph number three. There, uh, it, can somebody read paragraph number three? Yeah, great. Thank you. By the decree of God, for the manifestation of His glory, some men are wait, some men and angels are predestined unto everlasting life, and others ordained. To everlasting death. Thank you. And the the two words that I pointed out last time, and I've got it, got them in the notes there. These two different words, predestined uh, or predestinated, means the same thing uh, unto everlasting life. Or it doesn't say it, and it could predestined, chosen beforehand uh, unto everlasting death, but it doesn't say that. The, the 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 writers of this coming out of scripture uh, determined okay they're, they're, we want to make a distinction between the two predestined unto everlasting life God uh, God does a, a a work inside of a person must do a work inside of a person they must be be changed uh, as part of this uh, and then the second one foreordained unto everlasting death. 
You remember the distinction, anybody remember the distinction between the two, uh, as it's commonly understood that the, that the uh, divines had in, in mind there? One's chosen, one's pastoral. Yeah, and so one's active and one's passive. Uh, the, the first one active, I'm going to read out of, uh, I won't go to the same, exact same passage I, I often do, but, uh, out of Ezekiel 11, often, Ezekiel 36, uh, has, uh, many of the same words here, but this is out of Ezekiel 11, speaking about the new covenant. Uh, this is what the Lord says, uh, Ezekiel 11, verse 19, and I will give them. Now just think of, What's what's active, whether it's active or passive here, okay? And I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. That, and here's here's the purpose and, and the result, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And then he follows this up with this wonderful statement that we see all the way through God's word having to do with the elect uh, and they shall be my people and I will be their God. So we see this this activity on behalf of God of changing. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. I think we need to uh, remember that man in his original state mm-hmm. uh, due to the fall of man uh, has no ability mm-hmm. uh, choose God on his own. Uh, that, that fall really has affected every single human being except Christ. Yes. So, uh, so every single one of us at one time was not redeemed. Right. Right. We are not born redeemed. We are not born Christians. And it is, it is the Lord that has to do a work inside each each one of us. So, in a sense, you could say that every man has been really preordained to damnation because that that is the human condition. So the Lord has to do that work and and that is uh, what is so nefarious, I think, with Armenianism, because Armenianism believes that man at least has some ability. A spark of goodness or, God, or something. Even yeah. Even 1%. Right, even right. Even that does 99%, yeah. Armenianism says, well, man has to do, you know, I'll throw, I'll throw the ore or the life preserver, but man has to reach yeah. for that life preserver. And that really takes away from the glory of God. I mean, it's totally contrary to the teaching of Scripture. Uh, God is the one that has to create that part of flesh by the power of the Spirit. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, and that's one of the big problems in the church today because, you know, I, I think especially in the United States, people have a false anthropology. The, the, the mindset is that, you know, man is basically good. Mm-hmm. That's and right. That, Innocent. Is that yeah. So much of the church yeah. today is man is basically good, but that leads you to a false conclusion. Right. That right. man plays a part in his own salvation because he's basically good. But 
man is basically sinful. That's and, yeah. and from the fall. From and, the fall. Created yeah. good, but then the fall corrupted right. uh, through and through. And so sin coming from man. And so we got to remind ourselves, that's what that first paragraph says, that uh, sin is not of God, but the, the sin came from man. But then it, it is. It's inherited. It's, it's passed down. And so both the guilt and the corruption that's inside, which causes us to continue to sin. And, and that, that is really the, the key that we fail to see. And so in line with both of those, uh, um, you know, so Ephesians chapter 2, the, you know, at the beginning, you know, there's one of those many places we can turn to that says, dead, dead in sins and trespasses. <laughs> uh, unable, as you were saying, Jim. But then uh, verse, verse 8, and, and this is helpful because it, it puts into right, the right context what we do. For, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. Faith itself, this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may, may boast. But then we are involved uh, because he does this work in us. And then verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Uh, and so that's the, the monergistic, if you want to use the, the longer word there, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, so monergism is, uh, is that first part, for it is by grace you have been saved. This is not of yourself at all. But synergistic is uh, that once the Lord has changed our hearts and we have a new heart, we are, we are then able, as, as He does that work inside of us more and more, of course it requires Him, but we're able to walk together with Him uh, to put to death sin, uh, to become more and more renewed uh, Truly, uh, on the inside. Um, so that's yeah, that's what we're we're kind of walking through here. Now, uh, if you look at the look at the um, fourth paragraph, uh, and I've given it the, the heading, the unchangeableness of God's decree. I just want to say before we read this, there is there is nothing unexpected here. There are no surprises. We've already talked about who God is. God is unchangeable, right? Uh, unchanging. Uh, that uh, that that is a, a, an attribute of who God is. We use the word immutable. Uh, so think of that as we read this uh, paragraph number four. You get that, Lee? Yeah. Great. These angels in heaven, thus predestinated and foreordained, are particularly and unchangeably designed, and their number so certain and definite that it cannot be either increased or diminished. Okay. Uh, now, any any objection there? Any questions about that? Uh, that before time began, now we've been talking about this is the plan, God's plan, purpose, before time began, this is what he's, he's ordained. Uh, but their number, so, and, and they, uh, they decide to use both words once again, predestinated and foreordained. Both those words we know who we're talking about, uh, you know, both on both sides. This, this covers all people, every single person, not a person that's not covered, <clears throat> unchangeably designed, so their number is certain. Uh, you know, there are a number of, and you may think of them, and, and if you turn there and, and read it, if you think of a passage, I'm going to just, uh, you know, one of the things that um, that we 
we think about when we think of comfort. <laughs> uh, often we you turn to the very last couple of chapters of the Bible, and, and that's one of the places that we we find great comfort because Satan is put to death, <laughs> you know, cast into the the lake of fire. Uh, and we read this. Um, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So that presents one one picture. There are those who are, since before time began, written into that book of life. Uh, and there are those who are not. Uh, and so that but then a little bit later, chapter 21, verse 27 says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, and uh, so this this sense that uh, you know, when we think about a book and your name is written in there, the book's closed <laughs> and it's recorded. And so you have this sense that forever you will be there. Now immediately, I know as we go through through this, and immediately our thought goes to, well, what about those who weren't? Where is the chance? And, and, and all of that. And, and we've got to have the reminder through and through that as we live our lives, the gospel is needed. So we proclaim the gospel. We want people. And so in your life or in your, you know, your children's lives or whoever it is, uh, we don't know whose name is written in that book. And so we look for the gospel to be heard. And to be responded to. And for people to walk with the Lord. That is, uh, but then this is given as a great comfort to us. Uh, that the Lord is uh, unchanging. He's rock solid. Any, any questions about this or thoughts? Okay, <clears throat> so paragraph four. So let's move to paragraph five. So you'll notice paragraphs five and six go together. I, I, I gave the heading, God shows some, paragraph five. And then paragraph six, the means of our salvation. Uh, paragraph five is going to be a, a lot of it what we've already talked about. Uh, paragraph six is wonderful. Uh, it's really the gospel. Uh, we'll look at paragraph six. And then look at uh, paragraph seven then. God passed by the rest. So you got five, God shows some. And then God passed by the rest. And then paragraph 8 is going to be, you see the hands there, handle with care. Uh, it's it, it's a, a reminder and an admonition there. So um, paragraph 5, like I said, most of this we've already uh, talked about. But let's uh, let's look at, at this. Ellie, can you read that, paragraph 5? Before the foundation of the world was laid, according to his eternal and immutable purpose, and the secret counsel and good pleasure of his will, he might turn off <laughs> hath chosen in Christ unto everlasting glory, out of his mere free grace and love, without any without any foresight of faith, or good works, or per- perseverance. In either of them, or any other thing in the creature as conditions or causes, moving him thereunto, and all to the praise of his glorious grace. Okay. Thank you. There, there are a lot of words there, uh, a lot of 
phrases. Just the key to the whole thing, really, if you were to read these words, those of mankind that are predestined unto life, God, and then you skip down to the fourth line, hath chosen in Christ unto everlasting glory. Uh, uh, and then the rest of it is this, um, other than out of his mere free grace and love, but without uh, any foresight of, of faith, and it's got all this whole list of, of things that we've already talked about, or any other thing in the creature. You've got to underline that any other thing in the creature as conditions are causing him to move thereunto and all to the praise of his glorious grace. That, that's the heart of this, that, that God has, has chosen, <laughs> uh, God has elected uh, in Christ unto everlasting glory. Uh, and, and so that's, that's what this uh, paragraph is speaking about. Now, we've already talked about how uh, the those who out of out of God's word uh, wrote this, the pastors and theologians, they, they already in, in paragraph two, uh, paragraph two uh, rejected Jacob Arminius uh, and his position and those who followed him. They, but they continued here because they, they see this as being significant. Uh, th- this is the way really that the sinful mind thinks. Uh, that we are in control. And so, again, even while what they're doing is saying that God has chosen, but they give the negative side of that, uh, but not uh, because of anything in the creature. So they're, they're, they're hammering this home. <laughs> you know, they're they're uh, bringing, it, uh, bringing it home. And, and there is a great simplicity there uh, that God has chosen when, before the foundation of the world, uh, how, according to his immutable and eternal uh, purpose. Um, and so he, he just you know, they bring it home. Now, last week we looked at uh, Romans chapter 9, uh, which, which really, when, when you get to it, I, I was reading something last night, um, just uh, on, online, it was a discussion group, uh, the Puritan Board, if anybody's ever looked at that before. But um, what? Yeah, people that love to argue, that's right. Um, uh, but so somebody had, had put a, a, a statement there regarding this, uh, and it, it caused a bunch of responses, of course. And they, they it, uh, said in their statement that they can't worship a God like this. And, and they said, and it's just because of this, this one uh, you know, paragraph or statement in in the book of, of Romans, uh, and they were indicating that uh, you know we we can we can throw that away, but uh, they were saying no, this is the God that I I want to worship. And they went on from there, uh, but I, I just wanted to make the point here. Romans nine does clearly, irrefutably, it, it it's just plain. It's one of those places that we turn. Where we say we want, we turn to those places that are really clear with different doctrines, with different truths, right? We want something that states it clearly. God has given us, it's very clear in Romans 9. But that's not the only place. It's there throughout. Uh, all the way through uh, God's Word, we find this. And so, um, both that God has elected and uh, that God or, or predestined and that God foreordained others. Uh, so we find both of those. Uh, and we'll look at uh, a, a 
couple of those, but turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 1. I just want to touch on just a couple of these. Um, uh, let's see. Can somebody turn to 2 Timothy 1.9? Who's got it? Caleb, you got it? 2 Timothy 1.9? Can you turn there? Um, and then Ephesians uh, chapter 1. You got that clear? Chapter 1, verse 4, and then move down to verse uh, verse 11, if you would. Yes, that'd be great. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Okay, and this is one of the... Read verse 5, too. Okay, Okay, in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Okay, so this is one of those places where we're jumping in the middle of one of... of, uh, Paul's long sentences, but uh, uh, now skip down to verse 11 as well. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Okay, thank you. And then 2 Timothy 1.9, Caleb, if you can read that. Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. Okay, and so his purpose, uh, his grace, it's that which he called us to, that which he has has given us. Um, let's see, another another place, and I'll just read this. Uh, you know, again, this is not Romans chapter nine. This is this will be uh, Romans chapter eight, uh, beginning in verse twenty-eight. Um, very well-known uh, passage, and we know that for we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called, and those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So again, uh, this, you know, before time began in God's purpose, this is what he, he did. Uh, and then we'll, we'll talk in a minute about kind of the other, the other side of that, uh, that not only did he, uh, predestine, but he also foreordained others. Um, okay, any, any questions about paragraph five? This I, I put in the notes. This is a look at at the how of God's predestination unto life. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's not everything there, but it's what God has has revealed uh, that in in Christ. That's um, we'll get to the means in the next uh, next paragraph. Uh, out of, only out of His uh, free grace and love that He. Has chosen, uh, yet not because of anything in the creature. That's the key to this paragraph. Um, you can see the the it's a coloring sheet for uh, uh, for the kids to the right. Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose some to be His very own. You can substitute in in the word if you have assurance there. God chose me 
to be his very own. Um, okay. Uh, and all to the praise of his glorious grace. All the way through. Um, paragraph 6. I'd like to spend a lot of time on this. this uh, so paragraph 6 is the means of our salvation. So it goes together with, uh, with chapter 5. And uh, but this really gives a, a full picture of the gospel. Uh, because it, it, this is the means by which he has done this uh, in, in time. Uh, and so, paragraph 6, let me, let me go ahead and, and read that. As God has appointed the elect unto glory, so has he, by the eternal and most free purpose of his will, foreordained all the means thereunto. And so that's just a summary statement. Uh, he, he's foreordained all the means by which this will happen. And then comes all this. <laughs> uh, wherefore, and, and before I read this, this is what will follow in, uh, as we go into future uh, sections of the confession. Because we're going to go through salvation. Uh, and each of these is going to be broken out. Uh, the first one is what we're talking about here. Wherefore, they who are elected or chosen... And then being fallen in Adam, we're going to talk about that. Notice that comes first. Uh, that's, a, that's a statement up front. And I would say anytime you share the gospel with somebody, make sure that's there. Uh, last Saturday, uh, Gar stood up in front of the, the presbytery and, and uh, he was asked the question, what is the gospel? And Garth gave what was probably one of the longer answers that you'll usually hear in front of the presbytery when people are asked that question. You can imagine with Garth. That, but, but he began with this, and all the way through, this, it was this paragraph that he was essentially saying, uh, and, and, and he, talked, he, he started off that, that all are fallen in Adam. And he talked about election uh, there at the beginning. And, uh, and uh, you know, so many times I've heard people stand in front of the presbytery. I'm trying to remember what I said back when I was asked this. But, uh, and, and they'll say a true statement of the gospel. You know, Jesus died for our sins. Jesus was sacrificed for us. A true statement. But, but to start off with this, this is, I would say, this is the reason right here that, that, that many won't receive and accept uh, this, what we're talking about, God's decree uh, how he has decreed, because they don't have a full picture of uh, our fallenness and of the holiness of God. But if someone doesn't have a full picture of our fallenness uh, and the devastating consequences of that, then they're going to want to say, no, I'm, I'm in control. Uh, and so notice where it starts. Wherefore, they, they who are elected being fallen in Adam are redeemed by Christ uh, are effectually called unto faith in Christ by His Spirit, working in due season, are justified, adopted, sanctified, and kept by His power through faith unto salvation. Neither are any other redeemed by Christ, effectually called, uh, justified, adopted, sanctified, and saved, but the elect only. Okay, so full statement all the way through. So... You want to, you know, jot down that list. Elected, fallen, redeemed, effectually called. Uh, think about elected, that's before time began. Fallen, that is in time, right there at the very beginning. Adam and Eve, 
fallen and then all those who are in them and then redeemed. That's the work of Christ 2000 years ago, redeemed, effectually called. That's in our lifetimes that we're effectually called, justified, adopted, sanctified and then kept by faith unto salvation. That's that's the list of things to uh, to to jot down. What was the last one? I'm so sorry. Uh, the last one, kept by faith, kept by faith. unto salvation. And uh, well, maybe, maybe we can turn to turn to First Peter chapter one. So First Peter chapter one. I think it's. I think it's verse 5. So right after James, right at the very end of the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, and this is kind of jumping in the middle uh, that we are, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's verse 3. <laughs> verse 4. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Kept in heaven for you. That's got the sense of security there. Verse 5. Think of the security. uh, Who, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready ready to be revealed in the last time. Uh, You're being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You're being kept. (laughs) uh, uh, Preserved. Uh, and, and then it goes on to say, yeah, but in this life, even though we rejoice in this, uh, for a little while we've been grieved as we, as we go through this life and we, and we face the trials and the tribulation and, uh, and here he's especially talking about persecution, um, and, and all of that. We face that in this life, but we're being guarded, we're being kept. Um, so that's, that's good, good news. David, yes. This whole doctrine of life collection is just, it can be very controversial. Mm-hmm. And the last section of this chapter is going to talk to that. Right, right. Yeah. Just carefully. But, uh, but election is definitely a biblical word. I mean, election is all throughout right. the Bible. It is not something that is external or foreign to the scripture, but that is something that is foundational and is. Uh, you know, embedded in the in the teaching of God from Genesis all mm-hmm. the way through Revelation. So it, it's it, if you get this wrong, if you get the doctrine of election wrong, you're getting the teaching of the Bible wrong. Right. And, and I it reminds me of. Uh, John chapter 13. This is the the chapter where Jesus washes the disciples' feet, yeah. and and then he uh, he he talks about his his role. Talks about you know uh, he, he announces that new covenant. He, mm-hmm. he he does this right before he uh, goes to the upper discourse and, and saves. And ultimately to the cross. But but in chapter 13 of John, in verse 18, he says, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. I know whom I have chosen. We have 
chosen him, if you will, because he has chosen us. That's right. That's right. We are not the initiator right. in, in this action. So Christ knows who we are. Mm. He knows who we are, and we, he knows who we are not. Mm. You know, his own elect people have been given to Christ by the Father. It is the Father who gave his people. Yes. From the beginning of time. Yeah, and, and and that should bring to us again a great sense of comfort. I will remind us that uh, that, like you said, it, it it's all the way through the Bible, uh, and if if we don't get this, we're going to misunderstand something significant here. Yet I will say at the same time that when it comes to trusting in the Lord Jesus. Uh, we come as a child, and and so this this doesn't need to be taught, understood, received, accepted up front in order to know the Lord, in order to to uh, submit ourselves to Him uh, and to receive forgiveness. Uh, and and that, that the reason I point that out is because when we share the gospel, when we go to, to others, uh, we don't have to say you've got to understand this. Uh, first, you, you've got to understand that God elects. Now, I'm not saying we never share that. We, sh- we share God's word with people, and that's not something we need to withhold. It's just that that's not the, the main thing at that at that point. It is you must receive Christ and look to Him. Uh, recognize you're dead in your sins and trespasses. You know that deep down inside. Uh, you know the poverty of your own soul. Uh, now look to the only one who can who has done something about that that you might be saved. Uh, and I, I just, you know, we, we need that reminder often. And, and that's where that, that, as you mentioned, that last paragraph comes in, the handle with care. Um, we'll talk about the reasons for that. But thank you. Yeah, it, 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 you know, I, I've thought as we've gone through this, remember that phrase when we went through the very first section, which is Scripture, and uh, it was a phrase by good and necessary. Good and necessary consequence. So there are certain things in Scripture that are made plain. They are laid out there. And then there's this other term, by good and necessary consequence, we come to that which is true from Scripture as well. Even if we didn't have these clear uh, places in Scripture like Jim just pointed out in Romans 9 and Ephesians 1 and all of these, we would be able to see by good and necessary consequence, as Jim mentioned, that all the way through Scripture, that this is true. Uh, and as we, as you read scripture and begin to see that, I think that's that's wonderfully comforting inside because I am seeing in scripture what I can also see clearly taught, but I'm also seeing it. By good. Does that make sense, everybody? I can see it by good and necessary consequence. So, um, David, can I yes, think yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. The seventh one is sanctified, and that's where you begin to really begin to understand what the Bible is teaching. But right. the fallen never goes away, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly right. All this process. But the good news is you're sandwiched on either end of that by you're elected before time, right? And it's kept by His power. Yes. So you keep that in mind as we're sharing the gospel with yes. people. I think that helps. Yes. It is. 
take the word evolution, but it's you're evolving into understanding what the Bible teaches more. And I think I know in the past when I talked to other people who have um, come to the PCA, we come from a variety of backgrounds. Right. Um, and so it's a process, our sanctification process, yeah. right, to get to there. But thankfully, we're sandwiched on either end by God. That's that's absolutely right, and uh, and and the reminder that yes, fallen, and that we still have the old man, if you will. We, we've still, and that's the reason for sanctification, isn't it? That we we continue uh, continue on, uh, and, and therefore, as we as we do share with others, there, there is, and that's the handle with care. There, there is a danger that uh, we begin to. To pound, <laughs> you know, and, and bring up what we know to be wonderful news that yes, you, you are saved, and you're saved because God, before time began, He He chose you, He elected you, and this is this is wonderful. And and again, I, I wouldn't say that we, we don't hide that; it's it's there in Scripture. It it's plain to see. Yeah. Yeah. What? But but over time, you begin to hear that. More and more, and and that's how we come in Scripture to, to see it more and more, and then our eyes are kind of bugging out after a while. But uh, and and we have this wonderful sense of security. But we do need to be reminded to handle this with care, and there are certain reasons uh, for for that. And again, we'll get there in just a moment. Let's let's look at. Um, I did want to say uh, I, I turned to First Corinthians chapter fifteen that the fallenness. Uh, uh, let me read this this verse. There's a sense in which the fallenness uh, doesn't completely go away, but the sting of death goes away. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That uh, when we when we come to faith in Christ, it's that sting that's taken away because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and that we can share and shout, uh, you know, from the from the mountaintops. Um, so. Uh, Paragraph 3, 7, that God passed over the rest. Um, and we'll talk about the single destination and double, uh, I'm sorry, single predestination and double predestination there. Um, but uh, paragraph 7, they want to read this. Thanks, Will. The rest? The rest of mankind, God was pleased according to the unsearchable counsel of his own will, whereby he extended or withholdeth mercy as he, as he pleaseth, for the glory of his sovereign power over his creatures to pass by, and to ordain them to dishonor and wrath for their sin, to the praise of his justice. Okay. Uh, and there they, they, they stated. Uh, clearly to pass by uh, and to ordain, that does mean determine, <laughs> right? To ordain them to dishonor and wrath for their sin to the praise of his glorious justice. Now, there, there are some, you, you can't, can't miss it in God's word uh, that, that both of these are here as we've already Mentioned, but some would hold to what what would be called a single predestination that God has sovereignly decreed to save some before time began. Everything we've been talking about, 
But God has not decreed anything about the lost. Uh, and so there's this, it's single. God decreed some to be saved. He didn't decree anything about, uh, about the lost. That allows a person to say uh, in their own mind and heart, perhaps, well, certain people would say, well, it's unjust <laughs> for God to decree that some will be lost. We, we've already talked about that. We talked about that out of uh, Romans chapter 9. That's a complete misunderstanding of, of the mercy, of what mercy really is. Uh, but uh, And I, I'll give an illustration of that here in a moment. But, um, but So that's single predestination. Um, there's a problem with that. Anybody want to mention the problem with single predestination? There's a logic problem. <laughs> that I mean, we can see it. I think God is capable of seeing it as well. Um, that if he predestines some, that there are all these others who are going to be lost. Is that not at the, at the same time, even, even though here there's an active working in the heart, here there's leaving uh, people to their own sin, to their own devices, not granting grace, uh, to them, withholding it, but it's it's also a decree, isn't it? You could call it one decree that you know some here, some there, but it, it is a decree. It is choosing uh, uh, to save some and and to pass over, not to save others. Everybody get that? And so the 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 first the single predestination doesn't make any logical sense. And I've mentioned others, the, the very first, the, the one prerequisite course I had to have before going to seminary. That wasn't the only prerequisite, I think, was a logic course. <laughs> and actually, I had never had a logic course before. And, and so I uh, now many are given that in, in uh, school, fortunately. But uh, so I, I did uh, you know, kind of take one. But um, that... But double, double predestination is exactly what we have been talking about here, that God has decreed that some will be saved, and he has decreed that others will not. There will be others that will be uh, passed over. Uh, and, again, this really must, must be true um, if, if he does decree some to be saved. And it's clear there in, in Romans chapter one, uh, 9. Uh, it's one of those passages that point, just pointed out. Um, kind of think about it this way. Uh, if you got a, if if we're in a kingdom, and uh, within that kingdom there are a thousand people who have all been part of a coup to overthrow the king, uh, and they they've been moving forward with this for months. Uh, it, it's it's come out in the open now in the, on the law books. Uh, if anyone turns against the king in this way. The penalty is, that's exactly right, is death, right. But the king chooses to bestow mercy on a hundred of those people. Uh, and he, he just chooses out of his own heart to bestow mercy. Is the king unjust toward the 900 that he didn't bestow mercy on? And if we say yes... That's right. Uh, they've got to pay for it. That's exactly right. And so if we say yes to that, if we say he is unjust, then we don't understand mercy. 
And, and that's, that's kind of the point here. We've got to understand mercy and who, who God is. Uh, I always hesitate with any illustration, give any illustration, try to, but, uh, you know, I think that, that helps us to, to see. And so what does the real question be, become? Again, the real question becomes mercy here. If I know my own heart and I know my own rebellion, I know my own sinfulness. Uh, why, Lord? Out of my own good pleasure is the answer that he gives in Scripture. Out of my own good pleasure. And so what should we do? Worship. Criteria of, of joy. And share. Proclaim. Right? More and more as we come to recognize this for ourselves. But, um, I've, I've got... Uh, Passage there, number of passages that, that we can go to. Obviously, uh, Romans 9, um, 14 and 15. But I, I do want to get to this uh, this last item. Um, and that's uh, 3 8. So, paragraph 8. Linda, can you read that? Good. The doctrine of this high mystery of predestination is to be handled with special prudence and care that men, attending to the will of God revealed in his word and yielding obedience thereunto may, from the certainty of their effectual vocation, be assured of their eternal election. So shall this doctrine afford matter of praise, reverence, and admiration of God and humility, diligence, and abundant consolation to all that sincerely obey the gospel. Okay, and, and those, those last, uh, that last sentence, important, uh, so shall this doctrine afford matter of praise. That, that's, that's the goal in the word. That's what the, the Lord wants, this doctrine afford matter of praise, reverence, admiration of God, humility, diligence, and abundant consolation to all that sincerely obey the gospel, to all that, that, that know the Lord, uh, that that should be uh, the, the, the result here. I've got that last question on letter C in the notes. What, what should, uh, it's not a question, but what should this doctrine produce within and amongst us? <laughs> what should, what? Humility, Humility. yeah. Humility, a, a recognition of who God really is. Um, as we talked about right at the beginning, uh, as with a blueprint, a great sense of security, that God is not powerless, uh, that he is completely in control over all things. Now, it does mention there this high mystery of, uh, uh, of predestination. And then the key to this paragraph, of course, is to be handled with special prudence and care. Why? That men and women, attending the will of God revealed in his word and yielding obedience thereunto, may, from the certainty of their effectual vocation, uh, their effectual calling, be assured of their eternal election. So assurance is at stake here. And it's kind of making the point that that someone can come to to faith truly in Christ, but... But they lack assurance inside. We, we've talked about that. We'll talk. There's a whole section uh, in the confession that deals with that. Uh, but God's intent 
out of God's word is that we would have assurance. And so we don't want anything that would shake that assurance. And so this is one of those areas that needs to be handled with special prudence, prudence and care. What? Obey. Obey. And actually it is as we obey, as we have that heart to obey, and we, as we begin to see I'm, I'm obeying out of a love for the Lord, uh, that we begin to have more and more assurance. And so uh, obe- obedience is, in that last sentence, is at the heart of this. Um, so mystery. Uh, is there mystery in predestination? We get a clear statement of it in, in chapter 9. Anybody want to? So mystery. Where is there mystery in this? Mystery being, biblical mystery, uh, is that we're not given all of it. You know, there's something that's withheld uh, in in God's own purview. Uh, it belongs to Him. So, can anyone explain fully, 100% fully, uh, predestination, reprobation that we've talked about, uh, explain that fully? The answer is no, because God, before time began, has chosen, He has elected, yeah, and and we, as we live our lives, as is made clear here, it doesn't do ill uh, or violence to the the will of the creature. We choose, right? We've got to turn to Christ. We've got to receive Christ. Uh, and, and so, how do both of those work together fully? Well, we'd say there's a work that God does inside of a person that we can't see. But can you explain that fully? The answer is is no, uh, not fully. But more and more, as we go through God's word, you begin to to see and understand it. But there may be a point early on where you just have to receive and and accept, and and say, "I believe your word, Lord. I'm I'm submitted to you." That makes sense. Um, I know somebody's gonna gonna bring this up, so I will uh, I'll mention it. Uh, um, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine. <laughs> the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Uh, what Janelle said just moments ago, obey, <laughs> right? Out of a willing heart and a loving uh, mind, you know, o- obey the Lord. I wish I could have been baptized like maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> 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 because like... Yeah, yeah. As you as you as as you see more and more and understand more and more and uh, yeah. Hmm. I, I, I haven't even went for that application for food stamps. They cut me off. I don't care. There you go. I know God yeah. Is always going to take care of me. A greater yeah. sense of security inside and yeah. That's, that's yeah. Uh, the 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 things that were so important before the idols, yeah. right? Yeah. They they uh, become less and less important. Okay. Um, we're out of time, so let me. Any last question? Seeing none. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. Jim, you want to close us? Good.
is a sacred subject and must be handled and treated with the reverence that belongs to your word and your revelation. Father, you are sovereign. You are the sovereign of heaven and earth. Whole counsel, your whole counsel stands fast, whose decree has indeed determined without violation of the will of creatures everything which happens, who has predestinated this very prayer for illumination. We do invoke you in it, that you will visit us with your spirit as we continue to study the ways of our God in the decrees that you have made and in the creation that you have produced and in your providence, which you direct. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.